Good morning. Thanks, Josh. We'll just chuck it over here. How are we this morning? Good. This morning we are in our second part of our sermon series called Storyteller. And we're looking at the parables in the Bible and trying to find a different perspective of what they're talking about. And this week, I've been studying the parable of the lost sheep. Now, it's a pretty short story, so I'm just going to read it to you first, and then we'll dive into it. So it's found in Luke chapter 15, and it says, Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people even eating with them. So Jesus told them this story. If a man had a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. And when he arrives... He will call together his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. And in the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Now, every time that I've read this story before, I always thought, Wow! That's crazy. He's leaving 99 perfectly good sheep just to find one silly one that's gone and run off. And I always thought that Jesus was trying to make a point about how each one of us is special. He would leave the 99 to save us. Well, he is kind of trying to say that, but that wasn't his point. You see, the Pharisees, this for them, wasn't a surprising story. Now, this week I did some research into quite a, a niche area of expertise, but I actually learned a lot about the Jewish practices of shepherding. It was very interesting. So I learned that in Jewish society, shepherds were the lowlifes, the outcasts, the unclean. And of all of the different legitimate labors, they were at the bottom. And so families would probably have about up to like 15 sheep. Now, these, these are peasant people. Um, they're they're poor, poor people that are living a village life. And as I said, one that was doing very well would have up to about 15 sheep. But no one person would have 100 sheep. That's just wild. That would be somebody that's quite wealthy. But what happened was the village would consolidate their sheep in one great flock. And they would have some shepherds that would take care of all of these sheep. Now, they didn't like to hire shepherds that were outside of the village or outside of their extended family even because shepherds weren't really trusted. Basically, as, as a whole, they were dishonest. They were thieves. 
They would encroach on land that wasn't theirs for their sheep to feed on. And because they took a role that was at the lowest level of society, they tended to be the lowest of people who had the lowest expectation of themselves. And they tended to live up to that uh, reputation. And so that's why Jesus, when he talks about the good shepherd in John 10, he talks about the hired hand and how the hired hand doesn't care about the sheep because when the wolves come, he's just going to take off and he's not going to protect those sheep. He's going to look after himself. And so they would pick somebody who had a vested interest in the sheep. Usually it was somebody that was on the lowest level of their social structure in the village who needed work um, and who didn't mind being in an unclean kind of outcast job and they would hire them. Now it was also safer to hire somebody that was in their extended family because that person also cared about the value of the sheep. So we have this hypothetical flock of a hundred sheep, right? And they're being cared for, for by like two or three shepherds. For a hundred sheep, you'd have like two or three shepherds. And so one of these sheep is lost. Now, there weren't a lot of rules about shepherding, but there was one very dominant rule. You don't lose sheep. That was the big one. And if one goes away, you find it and you bring it back dead or alive, or you snatch a bit of it out of a predator's mouth. Like they were serious about their sheep, but you don't come back without a sheep. Everybody knew that. The Pharisees knew that. That's what shepherding was. Making sure that you took care of those very, very valuable sheep. Because the one you lost may have belonged to a family who only had two sheep. And that might have been their entire livelihood. And so you took on that responsibility as a shepherd. And so when he asks the question to the Pharisees, what man among you, as in, let's say you were shepherds, that must have irritated the Pharisees so deeply because he speaks to them like they're the shepherds in the story, right? Which one of you? That itself was an offense to them because not only did they not want any pollution on their bodies, and so they stayed away from those kinds of people, but they also didn't want any pollution in their minds. So even just imagining themselves as a shepherd was totally out of line for them. And so they would not have been happy. No law-abiding Jew, no Jew of any respectability, would become a shepherd or even imagine themselves as a shepherd. And so now Jesus is here and he's asking them to hypothetically think of themselves as a shepherd. Even though many of their ancestors like Abraham and Moses were shepherds and even God refers to himself as being like a shepherd. But that's that's part of what Jesus is trying to show them. They think that they're better than that. And so the sheep is lost. 
And what does a good shepherd do? He goes after it. Now, I thought that this was the amazing bit. Because who lays down their life for a silly sheep? Like, you don't know what's out there. And I thought that's what he was trying to surprise them with. But no. Everybody back then would say, of course. Of course he would go after it. Of course, everybody knows that. No man among us would do anything different to that. And the Pharisees were thinking, if we were shepherds, God forbid, that's exactly what we would do because that's what good shepherds do. And no sacrifice would be too great and no time or effort would be too demanding. You go and you find that lost sheep. You see, the lost sheep gets the attention of the shepherd. Lost sheep, by the way, are in grave danger because sheep are stupid. They, they are defenseless. Did you know that a sheep has no defense mechanism whatsoever? Like if they fall over, they can't even get back up by themselves. And so this sheep that's wandered off could be in danger from predators, in danger from a fall, in danger from exhaustion, dehydration, literally anything could hurt this sheep. And so this sheep might be somebody's entire income. It could be everything that a family owns. And so it's important. And of course, the shepherd goes after it. And so this takes us to the next element, which is found. It says, when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And notice, he says when, because it's not an option. It's not if he finds it. It's when, because there is no alternative. This shepherd is not lazy. He's not indifferent about the sheep, nor can any shepherds be. This shepherd is not afraid. He understands the wilderness. He spends his days out there. And when he finds it, he lays it on his shoulders. And what they would do, you've probably seen a picture, like one of those old school paintings of it, where he gets the sheep and they put it on the back of their neck and they grab the four legs and they pull them in in the front. And sometimes they would tie them together so they'd have their hands free. And they would carry it back. Now, these would be like 30, 40, 40 kilos. So it's not just a, a little lamb. But he puts this 30 kilo burden on his back. And you would think that he'd be like, oh, when he lays it on his shoulders miserably or, or painfully. But no, he lays it on his shoulders and he's rejoicing. And everybody would understand that too. He's found the sheep. It's great news. And so he celebrates. But here's where everything changes. You think the Pharisees were offended when, God, uh, when Jesus refers to them as a shepherd? Imagine when he flips the script and they realize they're not even the shepherds. They're the silly sheep. 
In verse 7, it says, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Suddenly, they realize that God is the shepherd and they're the sheep. Whether they relate to the lost sheep or they feel like they're righteous and they fall into the 99 sheep category. The whole story is about the joy of God when a lost sinner is sought and found and recovered. And Jesus used an example that made sense to the people of that day. Everybody knew how shepherding worked. If this story was told these days, Jesus would have used something that made sense to us. He'd probably say something about, like, if a man lost a Bitcoin, he would, <laughs> he would call up his financial advisor and he would find that Bitcoin. And we'd be all like, of course he would. But this is not about the sheep. This is about the shepherd. Matthew chapter 9 says Jesus was teaching, doing his miracles and delivering people from illness and disease. And it says that he was moved. He was moved with compassion because he saw all the people as being sheep without a shepherd. Nobody to come and find them. Nobody to rescue them. No one to come and pick them up out of their hopeless, helpless wounded, nearly lifeless condition and carry them back. He knew he had to save them. And so in John chapter 10, Jesus talks about the good shepherd and how his sheep know his voice. And he says, I am the good shepherd and I lay down my life for my sheep. And Jesus also says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. And I must also bring them. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be a one flock and one shepherd. I know after COVID, there were lots of people that we haven't seen in a long time. And many people came to me um, and said, we need to do everything we can to get all these people back. Um, after they left. And I think COVID really made us realize how disconnected we were as a church. And if we're going to support each other and keep each other safe, we need to stay close and connected just like a flock does. And I've talked to many people that aren't coming to church at the moment, and many of them, they're not lost. They still love God and they realized that something was missing. And maybe they weren't finding it here. You see, we get it in our minds that it's our job to convict people and to bring them back. But God in Christ is the good shepherd who seeks the lost. Luke chapter 19 verse 10 says, The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. It is Jesus who not only seeks, but he finds. 
And as Peter says, it is he, it is the great shepherd of our souls who comes after us and finds us. And I love this. It is, in, it is God in Christ who bears the full burden of restoration. Some of us are looking for restoration. Some of us are burnt out. Some are questioning who we are and what we believe. And some of us are looking for true community and acceptance. And that picture of the shepherd putting the sheep on his back and carrying the sheep all the way home through the darkness is the center of this story. He finds us when we're lost and we're lonely and we're hopeless and nearly lifeless. And he comes to us and he picks us up and he puts us on his back. And there was nothing that the sheep could do or, or did do. All we can do is acknowledge our lostness and our helplessness and our hopelessness and yield in faith to the great shepherd who picks us up. The shepherd does the seeking. The shepherd does the finding, the lifting, the restoring. And the shepherd leads the celebration. If you're here thinking, okay, so the shepherd does all the work, but what can I do? How, how can I help? We can join in in that celebration. We can do everything we can to build community, to create a safe, supportive, loving home for people to come home to when they're ready, when Jesus rescues them and brings healing. And yes, God does want to use us in that process of bringing healing too. And I'm excited for this afternoon um, for our focus forum. We get to talk about what is that going to look like? How can we as a church be that safe home for people to come to? And now we know that God is the good shepherd. But the whole point of the story is also for us to have the heart of a shepherd. Jesus was mad at the Pharisees because they were judging him for reaching out to the tax collectors and the prostitutes. And this parable was to show them what hypocrites they were. Doing, like, they're applauding the hypothetical outcast shepherd for doing what was his rightful duty as a shepherd to save the life of an unclean, stupid animal. But then they're condemning Jesus for rescuing unclean sinners. In fact, they were so far from God that when he sent his own great shepherd, they killed him. And if we don't look at ourselves and where we are with God, we might be just as lost as they were. The reality is we can still be lost and feel like we're still in the pen. We need to learn to love like Jesus did, to meet people where they're at. If they're not comfortable with church, be their friend. Show them that you care regardless. Let God do the shepherding of their hearts. But we can join in rejoicing. 
We can show them how valuable they really are to us and to God. And we can keep reminding them that God is still searching and pursuing and he will rescue them. Now, if you're here this morning and you're listening online or you're right here and you feel like you are that lost sheep, you're not sure how you got there, but you can't figure out how to get back. I want to challenge you to let go of the struggle that you've been having to get back up and to let God pick you up and carry you. Let him patch up the broken parts of your heart, the grief, the hurt, the abandonment, the worthlessness, because he's right there. He knows where you are and he's just waiting for you to choose to let him bring healing and rescue you. And as a church, may we have the hearts of a shepherd to look out for those around us who need love.